greetings in Jesus' name. I'm Bishop Chester Wright. This is a video teaching series, How to Study the Bible, or more specifically, How to Study the Bible so that you can find truth that you can rely on for your soul's salvation, truth that you know is truth. We have uh, gone through uh, an introductory lesson and 10 lessons on principles of the Word of God, and then... uh, Lesson number 11, the 12th video, lesson number 11, uh, discussed the, uh, the Bible study method uh, called topical study Bible, uh, the top, topical uh, method for studying the Bible uh, as the primary method to use if you want answers to your questions and you're trying to find truth. This is uh, lesson number 14, video number 15. Uh, and it's principle number three. The, there are several principles that are absolutely essential if you're going to use the topical method of Bible study. If you want to find truth, you can count on. The first one we talked about was that uh, truth cannot contradict truth. The second one was the Bible is the word of God. It was dictated by God. I have to know that and believe that, and I've got to approach my study that way. Not reading the words of men, I'm reading the words of God. In this lesson, the subject of this lesson is uh, none shall want her mate. But the principle is this let the Bible interpret itself. We don't interpret the Bible. God, the Spirit of God, will lead us from verse to verse to interpret the Scripture. one of the primary places this uh, principle is found is in Isaiah thirty four sixteen. Seek ye out of the book of the Lord, which is what we're talking about in this whole series, and read. No one of these shall fail. None shall want her mate. For my mouth it hath commanded, and his spirit it hath gathered them. So what does this mean? What does this mean, none shall want her mate? Well, what is that talking about? Uh that means that not one scripture stands without a mated verse that is the key to unlocking its meaning. Not one, not one verse. Not one verse. Every single verse in the Bible has other verses somewhere in the Bible that are on that subject that apply to that verse that gives us the key for uh, understanding God's explanation for that verse. The problem that so many people have is they read the Bible and they try to figure out what they think it means. Well, I think this means this. I think, no, no. You and I are not to come up with our own definitions or explanations of what the Bible says of what it means. Your, your, your opinion on this is no va- more valuable than mine. Mine's no more valuable than yours. Your interpretation is no more true than your, than mine. Mine's no more true than yours. But what about how the Bible interprets itself? How about that? Okay. Let's just take a, an example here. Matthew 28, 19. Go ye therefore, Teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Now, we know 
absolutely know for certainty that thousands and thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of people of preachers have taken that verse out of context, literally, and done exactly that, just like that, no matter what the context says, no matter what any other verses say on that subject. But there's one problem with that. And I was about to be sarcastic and say there's one slight problem. There's no slight problem at all. This is the only verse in the entire Bible that makes such a statement as that. There's not one single verse anywhere else in the Bible that even remotely says that. Now, in Acts 2.38, Peter said, repent. Peter, who was there when Jesus said that verse in Matthew 28.19, uh, Matthew recorded it. But Peter was one of the one of those standing there, and then Matthew was standing there when Peter said Acts two thirty eight, and Peter said, "Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost." Well, contradiction, contradiction, no contradiction at all. Lack of understanding, blindness, maybe, but no contradiction, no contradiction in the word. There may be a contradiction in our understanding of the word. There may be a contradiction in our doctrines. And our doctrine may not be able to, to follow both of those verses. But I cannot take that verse, Matthew 28, 19, by itself and preach that as a doctrine independent of all the other verses on the subject of water baptism. <sighs> there are approximately 50 other verses that either directly or indirectly that indicate, either directly state or indirectly indicate that baptism was supposed to be done in the name of Jesus. 50 to 1. 50, 5, 0 to 1. 50 to 1. And here we are. Here we are. What are we going to do with that? Well, the principle is none shall want their mate. The only reason there's contradiction there is because we're not obeying the Scripture. And what does the Scripture say? The Scripture teaches us that we're not to rely on our human opinion. Second uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 20 says, No prophecy of the Scripture. In this case, it's not speaking about foretelling but the foretelling of God, the speaking forth of whatever God is wanting to say is prophecy or divinely inspired utterance. No prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. Now, uh, we'll be talking about that in a later lesson, but it, it fits here, so I'm just mentioning it here, even though we'll be talking about it again later. Uh, because every Scripture has its mate. Every scripture has its key verse. So, what is the key verse? Okay, what are the key verses to Matthew 28 19? Well, okay, in the name, not names, name, not the name, names of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It doesn't say be baptized in the names of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It says be named baptized in the name of the Father, comma, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. So question, uh, what's the name of the Son? It's not Son. I can go to verses. I can go to Matthew 1 and see where the name of the Son is Jesus. It's not Son. 
So, oh, wait, if that's a key here, because it's one of the mated verses of this, if, if the name of the son is not son, but is Jesus, then in harmonizing the scripture and in following legitimate principles of uh, biblical interpretation, uh, that would imply then the Father, which is a title, not a name, has a name, and then the Holy Ghost, which is a title, not a name, must have a name. And I can go and find those scriptures, Matthew or he, John chapter 16, I think it is, Jesus said the Holy Ghost will come in my name. And Holy Ghost, right? Holy Ghost, I like Holy Ghost because it's really clear. What is the what is a ghost according to those who believe in ghosts? The ghost is a the spirit of one who has departed. So if the Holy Ghost who departed, Christ. So the Holy Ghost is the spirit of the one who departed, which is Christ. And what was the name of Christ? Jesus. And Jesus said, I've come in my Father's name. There's another verse that mates with that verse. And then you go to Hebrews, uh, Ephesians chapter 3 that says that, that uh, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is the family name of heaven and earth. Not the given name, but the family name. Family name. Okay? So if the Father has, if Jesus came in his Father's name, that meant the name of the Father had to be Jesus before the name of the Son of God's name was Jesus. And Hebrews 1 says that he hath by inheritance obtained his name. Now, my first name is Chester. I didn't inherit that. It was given to me. That's why it's called my given name. But my last name is right because I inherited it. It's the family name. And so if the man Christ Jesus received his name by inheritance, and if it's the family name in heaven and earth, then what's the Father's name? It has to be Jesus. Now, if the Father has a name separate than Jesus, and the Scripture says that every knee at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess of things in heaven and things on earth, things under the earth, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, if that's the case, then uh, if the Father has a separate name than Jesus, then the Father's going to have to bow down at the name of Jesus. And can the Father's name be any less effective in saving us than the Son's name? And yet I, Acts 4.12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So how can the Father have a separate name than the name Jesus? And how can the son inherit a name from his father if the father's name is not Jesus? Now, what I've just done in this simple little discussion here is shown you how you don't take Matthew 28, 19 or any other verse and interpret it by itself and come up with what you think the meaning of it is by itself. The only way to understand any verse is to look at the other verses that address what that verse is talking about and harmonize all of those verses together. Then you've got truth. If you don't do that, you have a lie that you believe is truth, which is called deception. 
And if you live in deception long enough, you'll move into delusion. And according to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, there's no way back from delusion. They believe a lie and be damned because they received not a love for the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So the question here for you and I is this. (laughs) Do we believe the scriptures have mates or not? Do we believe that every scripture has a key that will help us unlock that? Or do we just read a verse and come up with an opinion? We call it an interpretation or we call it an understanding or we go and teach about that verse what we think it means. I don't care what you think a verse means. You shouldn't care what I think a verse means. What you should want to know, what I want to know is what does the verse say in the context of the scripture? What does the verse say in the context? Because otherwise I don't have truth. Truth is only truth in the context of truth. When I take truth outside the context of truth, it becomes a lie. God told Noah to build an ark. I take that scripture out of the Bible where he told Noah to build an ark, and I go building an ark. I just made that that scripture a lie because God never told me to build an ark. I made it a lie. And when I take scriptures out of the context and isolate that scripture from the other verses that are keys to explain in that verse, I just took a scripture that has truth in it and made it a lie and I preach it as a lie because I'm not preaching it in the context of scripture and in the context of those other scriptures that give it meaning, that are the keys to unlocking what it's saying. Somewhere in the Bible, there will always be at least one complimentary verse that holds the key to understanding and validating whatever verse is brought up for study, always. This includes whether it's salvation doctrine, Godhead doctrine, uh, discipleship doctrine, uh, eschatology, or prophetic doctrines about prophecy, coming prophecy, end-time prophecy, etc., etc., No verse in the Bible can be interpreted independently of the rest of the Bible. And every verse in the Bible has an explanation to it somewhere in the Scripture. I may not have found that verse yet, but my faith says this is a principle of the Word of God, and it's there somewhere. So I will keep searching and keep praying for God to show me where it is. That's why I study, because He's. I I want... I, I am wanting to know him and know truth and know the way and know and have life. And so therefore to have that, I've got to keep studying and I've got to keep seeking him for him to reveal me the verses to me, the verses that, uh, that have the key in it. Uh, I read to you I, uh, Isaiah 35 and 16, seek you out of the book of the Lord and read. None of these shall fail. None shall want or mate for my mouth. It hath commanded and his spirit, if hath gathered them. Uh, the amplified version, the classic edition, it reads this way. Seek out of the book of the Lord and read. Not one of these details of prophecy shall fail. None shall want or lack her mate in fulfillment. For the mouth of the Lord hath com- has commanded, and his spirit hath has gathered them. The expanded uh, translation of the Bible, which is similar in principle to the amplified version, reads... Look at, search the Lord's scroll and read what is written there. None of these will be missing. None will be without its mate. For God, for his mouth, has given the command, 
so his spirit will gather them together. What is it he's going to gather together? He's going to gather the scriptures together for you on a subject. And he's going to show you the key of how they fit together and how you can find truth from what they say. So this is principle number three. Principle number three is let the Bible interpret itself. Do not interpret any scripture for the Bible. Let the Bible interpret itself because no scripture is without its mate somewhere in the scripture if you will pray and study and wait on God to show you. God bless you in Jesus' name.